Welcome. Somebody wrote on their form, we just had a, a look at all the forms. Somebody wrote, this is my first retreat and I don't know what I've let myself in for. And um, it's true. In fact, even if it's your 10th retreat, you might have some familiarity with the forms, but there's a way that when we begin a retreat, we're really entering, we're letting go of a lot, actually, to get here, of all the other things you could have been doing this weekend, and entering into a domain where we're going to practice the arts of meditation, and it's true that we don't know exactly what will happen. I'm, my name is Catherine, and I want to welcome also Kirsten. Um, you say something? Catherine wanted me to say something in the beginning, that it doesn't become too scary. <laughs> so I'm Kirsten, and really very, very, very warm welcome to everyone. And I have, as you might have realized already, an accent. And if you don't understand me at any time, just let me know. And I can repeat it. I can try to say it again. would really appreciate this. So there's um, some very familiar faces here. Welcome back. Welcome back. And there's a good number of you who are new to Guy House or new to meditation as well. So particularly warm welcome to you. So we have the next two and a half days. We'll be finishing just after lunch on Monday. Um, And between now and then, you can settle in to the silence, the arts of sitting, walking and standing meditation through the instructions that we'll be offering. And we'll speak a lot more about those. These teachings come from the Buddhist tradition, and some of you will be very familiar with that, and some will not. So, um, the Buddha, as he became known to just over two and a half thousand years ago in India, in North India, um, came across, was confronted with the very common human predicament that we all face. So his story is really a human story. And it's one that isn't for us to, you know, place on a pedestal as something unachievable, but is a human story confronting human issues and human disease. The human disease that we all know that can go from something that's really terrible for us right through to the discomfort of not quite landing in our life, not quite living in a way that feels free and um, connected. So he came across um, through his own own confrontation with what is called in the tradition the heavenly messengers. And they were confrontation with recognizing somebody who was um, sick and wondering, what's that? Right? What is the meaning of that? How, how come? What is that about for a human being? Somebody who was aging, somebody who was very elderly and their body was really struggling, and coming across um, a funeral, somebody being, a body being carried through the streets, and his real confrontation with death. And really, that was something that really woke him up to want to understand what does it mean to be a human being? What, what makes sense, given that everything seems to cycle through the same patterning of being born, aging, and then dying back? Everything following that pattern. And that was what he confronted He also confronted or came across a a holy person, a sadhu, whose quest, whose search was also to look for freedom and meaning. (laughs) 
So the reason that I'm beginning with that tonight, it's, a, it's an archetypal story, and maybe we know it for ourselves in different ways. Whatever have been the heavenly messengers for you, and again, it doesn't have to be placed in a religious framework if that's not appropriate. Heavenly, heavenly messengers means they're ones that came with a message that was really useful, beneficial, it woke him up. And that's when he began his search. He took himself away. He went on an extended retreat, we could say, for six years. But it was through following his own, um, or the practices that were available at the time. Exploring them right to their end and then realizing, yes, but what I want is freedom. What I want is to understand that which is not subject to birth, aging, sickness and death. I want to know that which is deathless. So personally, we also need to make it very personal. What brings you here? What have been your heavenly messengers? And even sometimes, you know, it's not that the Buddhists are particularly um, overemphasizing suffering and misery. Sometimes it can seem like that. But they're often the things that wake us up aren't they? They're often the things that kind of make us want to, to look again, to find home, to find meaning, to find rest, to seek peace. What is personal for you in what brings you here? So we can have his story as a support, as a reference, because his teachings came from that root. But what is real for you? And some of you shared things on your forms about loss or, you know, financial crises or um, sometimes it can be, it's really good our life, but still there can be that sense of not fully knowing yet what is complete peace and freedom and this uh, human heart's desire to know that. So why I'm beginning with this story today is that a few hours ago, actually, in the um, afternoon, I was at a funeral. I was at a, a, an event of a, a neighbor of mine, his funeral, and he was just 40, a father and a husband and an activist and a um, neighbor and a community person. And he died uh, last week of cancer. And... So I was in the predicament today, just several hours ago, sitting with his casket. He was not a very close friend of mine, um, but I was there, you know, along with all those people for whom he was very, very, very close, and other neighbours. And those reminders, that loss that that we share, all of us, whether we've been in contact with death recently or just the fact that that's something for sure we all share. As one teacher, it, sounds, it can sound really morbid if you only hear it through your, your morbid faculty, but one teacher with great joy used to say, brothers and sisters in birth, aging, sickness and death, right? Here we all are together, we're in this together. And something in that, far from just a morbid reflection, can allow us to take our seat fully. <coughs> yeah, we're here with each other in this. What makes sense now? What makes sense while we're still here? And as I, as I was at the service, there were a number of young men who played in the football team with him of the Ashburton Dads and some of the other dads, and some of them spoke a little bit and shared about uh, their friendship with him. <coughs> and there was one of my other neighbours, and I saw him, and later when I, I walked past the town hall and saw that other neighbour, I saw him with fresh eyes. It wasn't just, oh, there's Nick. You know how that can be at those junctures. It can be like that at birth or so. I remember my brother after the birth of his daughter, that kind of way we're a bit more open, a bit, a bit less two-dimensional, not taking things for granted, 
a little bit more in touch with the mystery of things, the poignancy of things, the human vulnerability and an extraordinariness of things. So this is the invitation, is around waking up. What makes sense while we're here? And in the Buddha's six-year journey, he then, after many practices and lots of difficulty, and um, he woke up. He woke up and discovered a freedom that was not bound, that was not bound by the things that appear to bind us. And this is then what he taught for each and every one, not just for special folk, but as a human journey that can be realizable for us. So before we get into the teaching and the sitting, I would like you to reflect a little bit on what brings you here to this weekend retreat. So I'll just ask you a couple of questions for you to take in and consider for a moment. So this is the personal part. The story is universal on one level, right? The brothers and sisters in aging and death and birth. That's universal. But what's personal for you? What brings you personally here? And it doesn't have to fit that, that picture, that model, that map. It doesn't even have to be something terrible or poignant. It might be something quite simple and straightforward. What brings you personally here? And let some responses come. Let your mind articulate a response. If I were to ask you out loud, what brings you here? Because that really is where our heart is. Where our personal heart meets our willingness to sit on the cushion and cultivate the mind. For some it may be um, the wish for refuge, coming to a place where we can breathe out, find our feet, be safe, go deep. For some it may be simply, actually I'm, I'm just cur- curious about meditation, I want to find out about it. People do it and I want to find out more. It might be that you love practice, if you have experience, that you love it. Or maybe you don't love it because it can be hard sometimes, but you know the benefit of it for you. Maybe you're really curious about what can be discovered beyond what I already know about human predicament here and now. One teacher said, I practice meditation so that I don't miss, no, so that I can see the purple flowers in the hedgerow that I otherwise might miss. And there's quite a few purple flowers in the hedgerows at the moment. It's beautiful around here. It's the same reflection when we, you know, this this sort of reflection on death wakes us up to live now. We see the purple flowers, we see our neighbor, we make contact with ourselves, we drop deeper. But what is it for you? I wonder if anybody would be willing to just say a little bit of what brings you here.
any brave soul. What brings you here? Some people love the silence. That there's something that we can be drawn to. So this will be a silent retreat. Kirsten and I will offer reflections and teachings from the front. But just before we fully enter the silence, I'd like you just to um, find somebody nearby you, just one other person. And if you feel okay, just to say a little bit about what brings you here. Right? So first person, um, just be quiet for a moment. Second person, you have 30 seconds or so. And just say, yeah, I'm here because of X, Y, or Z. Or I'm not sure why I'm here. I don't know why I'm here. Or I'm not sure I, I want to be here anymore, or um, whatever it might be for you. So please find somebody for this, like the, the farewell, farewell words to each other for the moment. So don't worry if you haven't given a definitive analysis of. So now I'm wondering if anybody willing to say a little bit, what brings you here? Mm-hmm. Rowan, yeah. Um, the reason I've come at this time um, is because I'm pregnant um, with two kittens, um, one of which is coming at the end of May and the second one is coming at the end of June. So I need to come on retreat now because I'll be on kitten duty for the rest of the summer. <laughs> <laughs> Very practical. Great. Yeah. Anyone else? What brings you here? I stopped somehow. I don't know how that happened. Um, and I'm hoping that this is going to help me start again. And uh, I don't know how that's going to happen at all, but I think that this is somehow putting a little bit of a rev in the engine. Putting a little bit of a rev in the engine. Okay, so somewhere between stop and start, yeah. something understanding those two modes that we can know, and you're somewhere in between at this point. Right, okay, let's keep tuned. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Anyone else, what brings you here? I'm just the opposite. Um, she, can I, she says she's just the opposite. Mm-hmm. I'll repeat that. You probably, she said, I'm going a thousand miles an hour. I want to slow down. Thank you. Yeah. Um, I was just saying that actually life is very good for me at the moment, but I just have this constant discontent rumbling around, which logically I have no reason to be, and I would like to find some peace. Yeah. Could you hear that okay? Yeah. Thank you. Anyone else? Uh, I think I work in an environment which is a really difficult place to be in. There's enormous amounts of insecurity and anxiety. And I think it's really important to me to find a way to be in that space uh, with compassion for people. So coming here helps me do that. Okay. Should she works in a place where there's a lot of anxiety and pressure or a lot of anxiety, and coming here helps her to connect with a compassion in being with that difficult environment. Yeah, yeah. one or two more, if there's anything. Yeah. Here this weekend because it's a gift, um, but I'm here because I'm five years into my um, 12-step recovery and trying to further that journey between the head and the heart and try and get more in touch with my emotions around that stuff. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Did you hear that okay? 
He's doing the head to the heart journey. It's a desire to move from the head to the heart, having done five years in recovery. Okay, so just have a breath with all of those. You can kind of feel the humanity in the room, can't you? Do you kind of recognize it? All of those things, yeah. Yeah. So we'll have a very short sitting now before I pass over to Kirsten. Um, After all, we are, are here to practice meditation. So just before you take your seat, come to standing. We'll move our bodies a little bit. So, um, how are you for temperature? If you're too hot, I think it's fine for a few minutes if we open the windows. Yeah, let's open them just a little, a little air in while we move, and then we'll shut them. Huh? Are they open? Okay. So let's bounce a little bit. <clears throat> this practice is, from the outside, and even from the inside really, Very formal. But formal doesn't mean we have to um, get uptight. And some of us find it hard to know the difference. Right? So we'll use a lot of formality, but we want to have also a looseness and a creativity and curiosity and... Shaking the um, the muscles around the face and the jaw like a okay shoulders to ears with the in breath holding and with the out breath from the belly with a yeah see if you can get a sound from the belly here as well breathing in. Holding and a ah, yeah. <coughs> if you knew this was your last chance for the weekend to do a, a raw from your belly, give it all you've got. Shoulders to ears, holding and ah, yeah. Okay. Um, what needs shaking? Shoulders. Thank you. Shoulders and chest. And buttocks, giving the hips a a shake. If they don't shake easily, you can turn them in circles. We'll be sitting on this bottom quite a bit. And turning the hips. Shaking a leg. And another leg. (coughs) And come to a sitting posture. So this will just be very brief um, to touch into the silence and we will give comprehensive instructions around the meditation. Starting tomorrow. But for now... Establish your posture that is upright 
and gentle. With enough room for your belly to breathe. Hands can be soft, placed in each other or on your lap or your knees. And beginning by asking yourself the question, right in this moment, how do you know you have a body? apart from through the idea or the visual. So if you let the eyes be shut, what lets you know right now that you have a body? So I'm directing you to the immediacy of your experience because this is always where calm and insight are cultivated in the immediate here and now reality. And maybe it's the weight of your backside or the pressure. Maybe it's the heat on your cheeks or the softness in your belly. And within this, how do you know you have a breath right now? Let it reveal itself to you. And when your mind wanders, and when you become aware that your mind has wandered, ask yourself again the question, how do I know I have a body right now? So that reference point that is here and now is cultivated is supported and then you might settle in to the breath energy knowing it Receiving it.
And when you notice your mind is wandering, unhooking and asking, how do I know I have a body in this moment? Coming back to the pressure or the weight or the uprightness of your spine or the softness of your hands. And let the breathing energy, the breath energy, reveal itself to you. Moment by moment. So before I speak a little bit more about the framework or scaffolding or container of this retreat, I would like to, to I would like to invite you to join as a small small exercise. Again, it's nothing scary, hopefully. I will offer you a word. And I would really like you to see what comes up as a response or as a, react- as a reaction to the word I'm saying. And to be really open to, to whatever might arise. So it might be a sensation in the body. It might be a tightness, an openness. It might be an image. It might be a thought. And if you like, to really just pop in one word into the space. You know, that some of you just pop in one word which would actually encapsulate this response you have. So the first word is letting go. Any responses? Letting go. And really an invitation to, in, to bring some of your responses into this space. Ease. Ease. Exhale. Exhale. Fluid. Fluid. Difficult. Difficult. Floating, mm-hmm. being sick, being sick. Letting, be. letting be, mm-hmm. babies, babies. Mm-hmm. anything else, letting go. Release. Mm-hmm. Sadness. Sorry? Sadness. Sadness. Mm-hmm. Freedom. Freedom. Detachment. 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 Cutting off. Cutting off. Nothing. Nothing. Fear. Fear. Okay. Thank you very much. It's really nice to hear this wide range of different responses. 
Thank you. Another, another word, another term I would like to offer. And again, just seeing what responses, images, thoughts, sensations in your body this brings forth. Connecting. Connecting. Tight. Expansive. Warmth. Strong. Oneness. Spirit. Spirit. Mm-hmm. Interconnectedness. Love. Loss. Loss. Bonding. Anything else wanting to pop? Mind, body. Soulmate. Looking after. Understanding. Understanding. Belonging. Mm-hmm. Okay, thank you. So, again, I just want to repeat very, very warm welcome to all of you with all your different responses, images, thoughts. And also very warm welcome to all your different motivations. Really wanting to explicitly welcome all this in. So I want to speak a little bit about really how to make this retreat, how to make our time together as supportive as possible for our exploration for our seeking for understanding. You know, how, to, how to make this container a safe container. And really with the aim, for, with the aim to, to um, achieve two things. One is that we actually can feel safe, that it's a safe environment, that we can relax, that we can actually let go a little bit. Don't have to keep up my defenses. I don't have to watch over my shoulders all the time. I don't have to watch out. And another is to really, really invite, invite the possibility, support, a decluttering, you know, a simplification of our life here together. You know, wanting to create some space, you know, letting go, supporting the letting go in hopefully skillful ways of some of the complexities, diversions, obscurations, distractions, pressures, you know, whatever it is we have in, in daily life. And before I start, you know, and really to invite you to watch maybe your responses, because what I might say might sound as a list of rules of do's and don'ts. And we have our different responses to it. Some of the responses are we become very small and we become this little child who wants to be really do good. You know, yeah, yeah, we'll do this. Or maybe others of us have more this rebellious streak. You know, I'm not doing this. Or let's see how much I can push the boundary here. And just to see it, you know, again, really an invitation to open, to see what is your reaction to all this. And I just want to point out really how I see it. It's a co-creation of a supportive environment. You know, yes, we ask you to follow some rules. We ask you to, to, to agree to some guidelines. But it's really not because we like to give rules and boss you around. 
this is not our intention. And I want to be very clear about it. But because we know, you know, from our own experience and from a very, very long tradition of, 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 of people going into retreat, in a retreat environment, that these are supportive conditions, that they are very, very um, nourishing and conductive to what we endeavor here to do. And that we all have to take responsibility for this rather than that you have to follow the rules. like taking responsibility because we recognize the preciousness of what we are creating here and how rare is this that we have something like this in our daily life. So the real invitation before I start is to, to take this responsibility, to, to see this as an opportunity to support ourselves and to support everyone here during our time together. So as Catherine mentioned already, this retreat, as all the retreats in Gaia House, will be held in silence. And especially for those who are new to a retreat environment, can be quite scary. Can be a real weird thing to do. And if I tell my colleagues, my my colleagues outside of this environment that I'm doing retreats, what they will pick up on is that they are in silence. This is for them the weirdest thing. I think we do other weird things, but this is where they actually what? It's in silence. So it's not it's not it's not it's not something which we commonly do in our in our um, in our life. So again, many of us, probably many many of you, love just really love the opportunity to be in silence. You know, love love silence, and they love the space and the freedom it can bring. The freedom to relate each other without our stories. You know, that we don't have to invent ourselves, explain ourselves by telling our stories. Yes, I am Kirsten. I'm doing such and such. You know, the freedom that we don't have to please by speaking that we don't have to impress, so it can be really said, oh, silence. Not having to tell my story. You know, and seeing maybe the, the possibility by not having to tell our story to each other, having to invent ourselves in communication, that actually we can let go a little bit of our story. There might be a little bit space around it and there might be a possibility to actually get a glimpse, a glimmer that we are so much more, so much more mysterious that's a narrative of our life. And for others, I'm also aware and I just want to speak to this too, Silence can have a very different association, being in silence. Much more challenging things might come up around it. You know, very easy is it to, to perceive the silence as a kind of indifference. You know, walking through the corridors of Gaia House, no one speaking to me. You know, they don't care for me. They are indifferent. And it can bring for some of us at times quite a sense of, of, of disconnection and disorientation because we don't get this verbal feedback. You know, it can be quite disorienting to place ourselves, to have a sense of ourselves. You know, we, we might associate silence with being ignored pushed down, shut up, dismissed, punished. 
And a lot of us probably were at times punished by silence by another. You know, this disengagement, this cold, you're not even worse of me ignoring you. So it can be really, can be really trigger this off. And I just want to speak it. I just want to name it really to normalize it. It might happen. And just to keep in your awareness, even if you completely believe in this perception, it's not an accurate perception. It's not, not what this kind of silence is about. And that your perception is most likely something from the past which you attach to the current situation. Really, that's sometimes all we can do, just to put a little question mark when we fall into these beliefs. So in this retreat, we are invited to let go of this beautiful ability to communicate and express ourselves in words. And it's a real invitation on one level. It's a real invitation to start to listening deeper to ourselves, to actually start to listen what else this being, in this being, might come forth. You know, this fabulous, miraculous, whatever it is, you know, thing. So how does it look to be in silent in Gaia House? It's basically not speaking to each other. <laughs> and having that, it's fine to have eye contact. It's fine if it's, it's um, you know, it's completely fine if you feel moved to smile to someone, to smile back. It's not that you have to be like this. And, you know, not to take it personally if you're not smiled back. You know, sometimes you might feel moved to smile and you're not met with a smile. And just to see, okay, fine. We really discourage you, actually we ask you to not write notes to each other. So oh, we can't speak, so I write a lengthy note to my partner, my friend. Don't do this. Stay with yourself. Stay in contact with yourself. What becomes increasingly impossible, or not difficult more, is for people to be asked to switch off all their electronic devices. They can become so much like part of who we are. You know, this just checking my text, just check if someone wrote me an email. Switch them off. Switch them off. Give yourself this time fully, 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 as much as possible, really simplifying it. So if you have to sort out anything tonight, anything practical, send a text and I won't be available until Monday afternoon. So can be in these days can be a very daring thing to do. Equally, in your rooms, if you need to sort something out, you know, something practical, do this. And then just really honor, honor this possibility to spend time together where we can actually connect in a very, very different way. You can send notes to us teachers and of course you can approach managers if you need anything to be sorted out. And again, see how it makes you feel to say, oh, we are sure, you know, I'm not allowed to speak. What is our reaction? Do we become like small? I mustn't speak. Or just, yeah, nice. I want to take responsibility here. I want to I wanna give myself this gift. I want to gift those around me this gift. And then we ask you, is another set of rules. <laughs> One might see them like this. We ask you for the duration of the retreat to undertake the five, what is called in the tradition, the five trainings. And I really <coughs> like the word trainings rather than the precepts or the guidelines. <laughs> 
And really there for me, there are really an invitation to let go, to learn to let go more and more of, to, of our tendency for, to, to, for unskillful actions. You know, this tendency to just be a little bit, now nah, it doesn't matter this time, you know, just, you know, no, it doesn't matter. And to become actually increasingly aware of the harm and suffering unskillful action cause for ourselves and others and having a clear intention, combining with a clear intention to abstain from causing harm and suffering. So it's this twofold approach, becoming aware of the suffering, the pain, the harm they might create. And then letting go, abstaining from doing them. And in detail this means that we would like you to become aware of the pain and suffering caused by the taking and destruction of life. I mean, of course, we don't expect that you, you know, that you are at each other's throat or anything like this, but also to really extend it to the living beings we are sharing this house, this crowns, these gardens with. And really, really contemplating that all beings love life and they don't want to experience pain and suffering, that they seek happiness. So becoming aware it causes the pain it causes, destruction and taking of life, abstaining from it. <coughs> Becoming aware of the pain and suffering caused by taking things which have not been given freely, by stealing. Again, becoming aware, letting go of it, abstaining from it. Becoming aware and this can be a tricky one on a silent retreat or a less obvious one, becoming aware of the pain and suffering caused by harmful speech, by not telling the truth. And we can tell a lot of harmful things to ourselves, about others and about ourselves. We can tell quite a lot of lies to ourselves about ourselves and others, even in a silent retreat environment, becoming aware of the harm it causes, the pain it causes, letting go of it. Becoming aware of the harm and pain we can cause by our sexuality and really not to demonize sexuality or to deny that it's a beautiful expression of our humanness, of our being alive. But in the context of this retreat, it really is asking you to actually refrain, to let go of any sexual activity. Again, this with the aim to make it a safe environment so actually that we can let go of this whole thing of being being attractive, going out to pull attention in a certain way, that we can be closer to ourselves and also that, that we simplify our life here. And it's not anti-sexual, but it's really, okay, let's see what happens if I don't engage in this, if I don't... Don't follow this push, this pull. And lastly, becoming aware of the pain and suffering which is caused by taking intoxicants, you know, which could cloud our mind. And becoming aware of the pain and suffering, a mind under the influence of intoxicant can actually, use, uh, can actually cause. And we all know examples about this you know, of addiction in our families or in a, in, in a circle of friends or in our work environment. And letting go of this, letting go of the, of the pull and push to cloud, intoxicate ourselves, to get a little bit away from the, from the reality, to maybe take the edge off. You know, just having this little 
drink I brought along, you know, just takes the edge off. And to really abstain from this, letting go from this. And of course, this doesn't mean that if you need to take medication, that you can't take it. So please continue taking medication you need to take. So undertaking these trainings, as they are called, following these guidelines, we really can start to let go of these pushes and pulls inside of ourselves, and we all have them. You know, we all have them, including me. You know, this pull and pushes, which are very often fueled really by by not seeing clearly, by delusion, you know, by pain maybe, by a feeling of deficiency, you know, and so forth, all kinds of different, different constellations in ourselves might actually pull us to, to behave in an unskillful way. So letting go more and more of these pushes and pulls and then maybe allowing a connection to our potential for kindness, care, compassion. Wisdom. You know, I think what is a beautiful way to see these guidelines rather than as a set of rules, a teacher said, you can see them as an evocation of the truth, who we really are. And I really liked this. An evocation of the truth, of who we really are. Okay, two or three more and then I'll let you off the hook. <laughs> Again, just to keep it simple, to, to create space, to actually have some sense of, 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 of simplicity which supports our exploration. You know, really, in, again, asking you to let go as much as possible with this strong tendency we all might experience to fill up our time, you know, to fill up when there is some space, you know, or when we feel like, you know, some kind of emptiness in ourselves by not speaking, by not having the normal nourishment for what we take in. You know, by keeping ourselves busy, it's really to ask you not to read novels, not to use a library, and also not to write extensively. You know, because this can all become these little ways. I just, you know, just want to get away from this. Oh, what should I do now with myself? You know, what should I do? Just let's do this. Just drop it. Stay close. Something might reveal itself. It's not that we want to torture you, you know, but something, something might reveal itself, something else might come forth if we actually leave the space rather than putting something in it. Okay, so... Welcome to Gaia House and welcome to this retreat. And I'm really looking forward uh, to spend this time with you together. And before we, 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 we finish with a very, very short sitting, really just to have a moment of silence together. If you wish, you know, just take yourself in maybe a little bit for ten, you know, can turn around, look a little bit. Oh, these are these people. Now we're entering the silence. Doesn't mean we have to cut them out. We have to close down our heart. Oh, these are my travelers. You know, my co-travelers on this journey. Oh, hello. Yeah, I see you. Uh huh. And I want to support you in this. I want to support you, and thank you for supporting me, really having this attitude. I want to support you in this, and thank you for supporting me in my journey. (coughs) Okay. 
and just really for a very short moment before we end this evening, getting in touch with the question Catherine offered, how do I know I have a body right now? Getting in touch with this body we are inhabiting. Maybe through contacting, experiencing directly the, the contact points of our body touching the cushion, chair, bench, our hands on our thighs, our hands lying in each other. How do I know I have a body right now? Not as a thought, not as a concept, but as a directly felt sensation, experience. And how do I know I have a breath? What is the sensation of air, breath energy entering your body? And what is the sensation of breath energy leaving your body? How do I know it's happening? Connecting with this. Settling into the sensation of breathing in and breathing out. Wherever it is easy for us or the most accessible to actually have a sense of that we are breathing and maybe letting go of any preconceived parts, areas in our body where we should experience breath. Maybe it's somewhere completely different. How do I know I'm breathing right now? Settling in, arriving. Settling in and arriving in our body. And in our breath. 